0: this is passing for normal conversations with artists activists and awakeners about how they are seeding change in the world I'm your host Sharon Weil, author of Donnie and Ursula save the world and the new book changeability a work of nonfiction exploring how to navigate change with more effectiveness and ease how do you find courage how do you become more effective in navigating change Find out when you join us for fun and insightful discussion with some very inspirational people about how to turn purpose and passion into action while at the same time passing for normal. Hello, and welcome to Passing for Normal Season 3, where my guest is the best selling author and feng shui expert Tisha Morris. On this show, I get to engage in wonderful conversations with amazing change makers and change writers about the very nature of change, the important personal and societal changes that they work with, and how to inspire you, the listener, to initiate or adapt to the changes in your own lives. So welcome, Tisha. I'm so glad to have you in conversation with me. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great. Well, I just finished reading your fantastic book, Mind, Body, Home, and I can't wait to dig in with uh, my questions to you. But first, I want to let the listeners know a little bit more about you. Tisha Morris is the best-selling author of Decorating with the Five Elements of Feng Shui, Mind, Body, Home, Transform Your Life One Room at a Time, and Feng Shui Your Life, The Quick Guide to Decluttering Your Home and Renewing Your Life. Prior to entering the healing arts, Tisha practiced law and obtained a fine arts degree in interior design. She is a certified feng shui consultant, life coach, energy healer, and yoga instructor. Tisha works one-on-one with clients' homes and businesses and is the founder of Earth Home School of Feng Shui. So Tisha, I would love if we could begin by you telling the listeners about the work you do, because it, it goes beyond um, just feng shui. So if you could tell us what it is that you do and how you do it.
1: Yes, great. Yeah, it does go beyond feng shui, and yeah, that's the word I usually use just because it's a little bit more familiar, or at least it's a category I put, <laughs> put this work in. But really, I my work is helping people change their lives uh, to fit to what they really want to be doing. And I happen to use space as the modality uh, to help people with that. And it's, so much of my work is helping people just bringing consciousness to your space because your space, which is usually your home, could be a business too, but your home is the most personal space to you. And it's pretty much a second skin to, to, to you. And, and it's a holder of our emotions, our thoughts. It's a projection of our energy. It's a giant vision board emitting everything that we want, desire, who we think we are out into the world and getting it back. It really is a three-dimensional um, external <laughs> of, you know, signal of who we are. And so that is really the power and really at the heart of what you know, Feng Shui, the, the kind of the magic of feng shui is when you make changes to your to your home you make changes to your life because the energy is so interrelated with each other and so that's pretty yeah that's kind of uh, at the core just really helping people make positive changes
0: right so your book mind body home really talks about the correlation between a person and their thoughts and and their home and so how does that work i mean i know that feng shui is an ancient art it's been around for thousands of years um but how does that work yeah it's you know my mind body home book there's there's a, quite a bit
1: of uh kind of Jungian psychology built into it um you know based on carl carl Jung, the subconscious and the dream symbols and when i uh, kind of first uh, when i bridged over from Practicing law to um, to the healing arts, I bought a home during that time that needed to complete renovation. And as I was renovating this house, it was kind of like a slow process over over a year. I was observing correlating aspects of myself being transformed. So when I changed out the electrical system, my own nervous system calmed because I was doing meditate. I was taking on meditation and practices like that. And so I began to correlate every aspect of the home um, to a mental, emotional, uh, even physical component within ourselves. And that is that is how precise our energy is interrelated with our homes. It's it's really what we're talking about. It's all kind of unseen energy level um, that's going on in people's homes. But so during that time, this was back in 2006. I just recorded all this stuff um really before I even started the Feng Shui practice. And um I was I was greatly relieved when years later I read in Carl Jung's actual um, autobiography that he had the same experience when he was building his home in uh Switzerland as he was adding rooms, new aspects of the psyche were coming into uh, mm-hmm. and were integrating. Um so there is a, that book definitely um my book, Mind by Home, definitely goes beyond just traditional Feng Shui and really correlating energetic components on a, on a whole nother level.
0: Right. I know that when, um, you know, we look at our dreams that the home is, is the symbol of the self, right? And when we, when we, uh, go into the dream and look at the symbols there or look at what took place or which room the dream took place in, you know, it's often the dream is said to be a reflection of, of your own psyche, your own psychic space. And here you are using your actual home to represent mm-hmm. the psychic space.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think what most of do not realize is, we, you know, I think everyone agrees that love dream symbols. You have the dream dictionaries because it's these collective consciousness, you know, symbols that we all res- re- um, uh, relate to uh, unless there's personal or cultural symbols that are a little bit different. But these symbols, basically dream symbols, show up in our waking life every day. We're just not so aware of it, or we kind of scoff, like, just kind of put it off to the side. And in my book, I think I use the, the um, analogy of um, walking by a pond and seeing a goldfish, you know, swimming around. Well, that is actually a waking symbol. If you had that dream, that same dream, uh, you would be thinking, oh, that fish must symbolize something. Let me look them in the dream dictionary. Well, these are, this stuff is going on all day in our waking life. And so you're you're exactly right with the home and the dreams. Um, I'm sure mostly all people have had uh, home dreams, I have them all the time, of course, um, where I like you find a, a new room that you didn't know existed, which <laughs> just represents a new aspect of yourself coming in, which is really fun and cool. Um, so yeah these the the home is a literal uh, metaphor for for ourselves and our psyche, absolutely.
0: yeah well. You know, so I've written this book about change, changeability, and and in the book, I um, I talk about context, you know, that, that when one is making an individual change, that you also have to look at the context in which you exist, because the context, depending upon how loose the context is or how tight the context is, um, will either nourish that change or can really you know, squelch that change. And so I was curious because our home is a very large context in which we live. And and, and you're, what you're saying is that literally um, you can change the context of your home to affect your own individual or personal change.
1: Absolutely. And this is also where some of the more traditional parts of feng shui come into play with using what's called the bagua map and it's, a, it's a, basically a tic-tac-toe board with nine areas of your life, and you overlay it over your floor plan, and you can see where your wealth corner is, your love corner is, your um, career, creativity, and so forth. And so that's really a p- very powerful tool to make positive changes. So, um, again, at the end of the day, what we're talking about is all about bringing more consciousness and awareness into your life. Because I tell people, it's like, if you're not – conscious of your home space like then what are you conscious of our mind our body and our home are the only things on this planet we have any control over Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's on a good that's on a good day um and uh and so the more awareness and attention you can bring into your home then that just trickles out into all areas of your life so for example if your wealth corner has a bunch of clutter in it well there's going to be blocks in your finances coming in uh, or if there's a drain <laughs> in that area, you're uh, you're you're going to maybe bring in the income, but there's a lot of expenses draining down the uh, or going down the drain. Uh, so it really does put a if you're willing to look at it, and um, who wouldn't want to, right? <laughs> if you're really really wanting to look at this stuff, you can um, see where your blocks are. That's why this work is so powerful because it's a 3D external 3D version of yourself. And so with the understanding of this work, I can now go to my wealth corner and be like, aha, that's why I'm blocked in my finances. It has a stack of old tax forms that I have, that I've been putting off feeling meaning to take care of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, and so we can, we can, because it's external of us, it's it's easier to see. And, and and then um, make the, the changes necessary
0: And so does the change take place because literally clearing that corner changes the energy or does it change? Because I don't, now that that corner is clear, every time I walk by there isn't some unconscious little, little sting (laughs) or something that happens to me every time I go by the clutter, but sort of try to ignore it. Yes.
1: Yes. Both.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there is something quite mystical about the, the boggle map of feng shui that's pretty scary, accurate, <laughs> um, but there's a huge um, component of law of attraction that I always like to add to feng shui as well. And in fact, um, there's a, what's called the cosmic trinity uh, that comes out of Chinese metaphysics that says our destiny or our luck is made up of uh, heaven luck, human luck, and earth luck, Earth, and each being 33%. The earth luck is the feng shui, the the human luck is our, our, our wills, our actions, the choices we make. And then the uh, heaven luck is more of the astrology, kind of the, the cards we were kind of dealt with coming into this life, our past karmas and so forth. And all of those have an element of of law attraction involved. And so it's all, it is all very energetically based. And the more, yes, the more, uh, yes. So now, and your example, which is a great one of, now you're not scoffing every time you see that corner or feeling guilty You know, that's a biggie, how much guilt is infused into our uh, everyday objects. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. So once that's relieved, and then you can add a little, you know, a little, you know, enhance that area a little bit, you know, add a plant, add a crystal. Uh, This is a lot of times what people associate feng shui with is adding a bunch of stuff. But always the first step is seeing what you can remove first Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, before you add stuff. Um, But yeah, and then you with intention. So maybe it's a candle and every time you light that candle, i call in more you know more money whatever the case is
0: well you know just just from reading your book i became so much more aware of my lack of awareness of certain parts (laughs) of my house you know uh i'm a writer i'm a mom i get really busy i there are corners of my house, of my <laughs> office, even, where I'm sitting right now, where I've just ignored a bunch of stuff. I mean, whether it's, you know, bad, having a bad case of the piles, or, um, you know, out of date papers, out of date books, things that sort of, no longer mean something to me or in the case of here at my yep. desk aren't relevant to what I'm working on. And so rather than doing something about them, I just push them out of my awareness and I'm really good at it.
1: <laughs> we all are. Uh, and this goes, this goes directly to your, you know, to your book changeability and our, our kind of resist our, our built in resistance to resistant to change because it's all, it's all about identity really. Uh, so those books that aren't really still relevant to you, well, there's at least one percent that you're still attaching to that old identity with, um, and this is, this is actually what I'm writing my ne- my book on my next book on right now. So this is very very much in my frontal cortex, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, and, um, and it's 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 all about exactly what you said. These 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 places you didn't know that that were here, and I, I call them you know our shadows. Our shadow sides. Our shadow sides are in our home. Um, and so, again, this is a great thing about this work is you can make the shadows and bring them into the light. Um, and so you you are already seeing that. It's like, okay, I've been ignoring ignoring this back or pushing it into the closet. We usually put those things back in dark places as much as possible, can put them literally in the dark um, so that we don't see them or don't want to deal with it.
0: Right, because, like, you know, I'll put things in my it's just, it feels like such an effort to me to sort through and to evaluate, keep this, don't keep this. You know, I'm sure you know too well when, you know, people start to move or they start to pack boxes and they like suddenly see things they haven't seen oh and they have to sit and oh and tell the Mm -hmm. story and oh and then before they either pass it on or they don't pass it on or maybe I haven't seen it in like years and years but now that I've rediscovered it I have to keep it right because why 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 well (laughs) well first
1: of all the fact that it feels like work is a is a red flag that there's more here to the story and it's usually emotions emotions weigh us down um and that's i mean not that everyone not that packing you know packing up or moving is fun by any means but if it's uh just simple decluttering and it's feeling hard and heavy and, and resistant filled then there's a lot more going on um because actually if you're Clearing clutter can actually be a lot of fun. And like, cause it's, I mean, if there's not emotion, if there's not emotional density involved, um, there's a, you will literally feel lighter in your body. Um, but when there are heavy emotions around things and it does kind of, it's almost like, you know, going through a therapy session and that, you know, it feels like work, right. Cause it's like, Oh, here we go. I got to talk about all this stuff. Um, and that's really what's taking place a lot of times when people, are doing what they think is simple decluttering, and it's not simple at all. It's very profound, very deep energy work.
0: And so when you are working with people and, um, you know, consulting uh, on their homes, or you also consult with people on their places of business, are you helping them uh, process at that level?
1: Absolutely, and that's really the key and the only way to kind of transform it. It's it's figuring out what the story is and what really the root is. Um, And and usually the awareness of it is all that's needed to make the split, the the shift. Um, For example, if it is a uh, a gift given to them that they don't know whether to keep or not. Mm -hmm. And we start asking questions and there's usually guilt involved. And it's a a guilt within that relationship, uh, whether it's a friend or or a relative or a parent or or someone um, or an (laughs) in-law. And as soon as we kind of get to really the real reason, that there's such ambivalence around it that's usually enough to shift it. And usually it's a shifting into letting it go. But at that point, you know, I'm all about keeping something. If it's, you know, serving you, I'm not, I'm not a big minimalist, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I am when it comes to, uh, you know, items that keep you stuck in the past. And it's these things from our past uh, that have emotions that we haven't dealt with or identities that we haven't let go of. And this is what keeps us from, really changing, changing and stepping into the life that we we say we want to be living.
0: Well, it's interesting because I find, you know, in my house among the various uh, sections of clutter that the things that I'm having the hardest time letting go of are things having to do with my daughter and my children's childhood. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like the books, the stories that we used to read and the art projects and things like that. And she is way past it. She is not wanting to hold on to these things, but somehow it's like, you know, these, these pieces, they stand in to remind us, right? That's like why people keep photographs because, you know, when I look at this, maybe I don't think about, maybe I didn't think about this particular time, but when I see this photograph, then it, it allows me to travel back in time. And so it's almost like Mm -hmm. if it's not out in front of my face, I'm not going to think about it. And so,
1: yeah, there's definitely a place for nostalgia and memorabilia. I mean, we're you know, two cancer signs here. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, really, what you're struggling with, and because this is this is about eighty percent of my client base, um, is the identity of being a mother of young children, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 not letting. I mean, you're always going to be a mother, obviously, but. Um, you know, there's a there's a grief process with any with any letting go for a lot of men. It's you know, losing a big job um, where their complete ego is completely you know deflated or completely obliterated for that matter. Um, we saw this a lot with like the, the the bubble crashes of these you know really wealthy men who their whole identity was wrapped around you know the, their um, portfolio, and they just completely wiped out as a human being afterwards. Um, and so um, the, the components of being a mother very much have a strong identity that it really just involves the grief process on some level of, with, with any of these identities and letting them go um, or, or, or making, not, not letting them go necessarily, but making peace with it and finding them a really you know, beautiful place of acceptance of, of you know, what age she now is and where you are, your relationship with her, and really bringing it into the current um, time.
0: Yes, and, I, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not allowing her to grow, but it's just that there, these little, <laughs> that there are these little pockets of, you know, I find that those are the things that I just don't know what to do with. You know, it's not so yeah, obviously absolutely. just chuck them, right?
1: Um, right. You know, I do, what I usually recommend on a more practical level for, for children's items is, is really de- designating how much space you want to take up with memorabilia. So this is gonna differ for everyone, and also with everyone's space. So it could be anywhere from like a big Rubbermaid box to a closet to a shoebox to a room. You know, really designate how much space you want to to um, to have for that for the, the that kind of memorabilia, and you put it in the space, and then you're you know you put some some structure around it, which kind of gives some peace of mind.
0: Right. Right. Well, I was fascinated how in your book you were talking about um, specific rooms and things that were in the room and you were talking about the bedroom and how that there are things that people keep in their bedroom that they shouldn't keep in their bedroom, like exercise equipment, for instance, things that are, are, you know, interfere with the rest or maybe interfere with intimacy. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, every room...
1: Should be used for its intended purpose there's a blueprint that goes There's an energetic blueprint there's obviously a literal literal blueprint but an energetic blueprint that goes into place um, upon the architects uh, coming up with the plan and so the bedroom is for it's not for exercising it's not for working <laughs> it's not, it's um, it's not so you really want to stick with the energy of what a room is for and for the bedroom it's very much of a quiet relaxing romantic um, energy kind of a sanctuary a safe haven if there's if it's a couple in the house um, you know it's kind of a sanctuary for them that's not inclu- that does not include their kids <laughs> mm-hmm. so i i don't have any i advise don't have um, and this is kind of a traditional feng shui rule too, not just mine of not having pictures of your children in the bedroom or family members. Like, you know, you don't want your, basically the, any pictures you have really anywhere in the house, but very much carry that energy or has that energy in that room. Um, so that's with the pictures. And then, yeah, definitely the exercise equipment. Um, it's just two function, two completely different energies and functions uh, competing and, uh, yeah, with, with the bedroom you want, you want good sleep. Uh, so yeah, no, no exercise equipment. Uh, what else you want to avoid the numbers one and three in the bedroom? Uh, so one would be single unless you just really want to stay single. Um, and then threes to bring in a third party. So um, what do you
0: mean by, by bringing in these numbers? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yes. Um,
1: a single candle, mm-hmm. or or even uh, I've had one client. I mean, it's just, it's funny how these numbers show up actually, I and mean, people get subconsciously really creative of how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had one um, single girl who, um, and uh, right across her bed was a candle sconce, like nailed onto the wall that looked like a giant number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and then she had um picture of a single bird on the on the wall so uh, you don't want single animals. Mm-hmm. Um or single single females. Um like I said unless you want to be single. Uh so yeah, that that's again the the subconscious subliminal messaging that goes on in our house that we're most people aren't aware of is is pretty uh, pretty wild and it shows up a lot in our work because that very much is uh, has symbolism in it, um, strong energy. And so always being very conscious of what your artwork is projecting out.
0: So if I were to, um, bring, bring feng shui into my house, <clears throat> would I do it because I already had an intention of the kinds of changes I wanted to make or would would changes come about based on how the space was cleared or now configured?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It, it, and again, it's both. Um, you know, our home has its own its own thing going on before we ever enter it. It has its own personality, which comes through in the numerology. It has its own. Uh, it has its own past, um, it's, its own skeletons in the closet from previous owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has patterns, which patterns get set into a house because of that. The floor plan very much determines your path or um, where certain other areas of your life will be highlighted or, or the like thereof while you're living there. And so the floor plan, and this is why I'm a huge proponent of architects um, integrating feng shui <laughs> into their mm-hmm. There, um, because you can have really bad floor plans and, and you can kind of get off on the wrong foot. And really work real easy, real easily if, if that's the case. Um, so so definitely there's there's things with the house itself that, that oftentimes need to be addressed. And then with with we, you know we come into the space with our own energy, our own emotions, our own desires, our own wants, our own past, and it's those that energy. Kind of almost like a like a relationship kind of intermingles with the home's energy, and over time, all become kind of one. And this is why your home often um, will exhibit or manifest uh, your own emotional, mental thoughts. So, for example, if you're stuffing your emotions, your your toilet's going to be clogged, um, and uh, things like that. So. So it really is. It's so, there's, it's, feng shui is such a vast um, art and science, and there's just so, so much to it. I really take the approach of making it more of a lifestyle. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes you get people say, well, I had my house feng shui. <laughs> and I don't even really kind of know what that means. Again, <laughs> like, I know what they're saying. But to me, because our, our life, our situations, our desires, I want change. Um, and so, I mean, I am... I make functioning changes in my house like weekly, if not or monthly, if not weekly, um, depending on you know. There's times when money's uh, uh, um, more you know in your face. There's times when relationships are up. There's times when you're needing clarity on your career, um, and so forth. And to me, it's 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 more of a lifestyle And uh, once you, you know, obviously learn learn it. Or or if you have a consultant that you work with, um, it needs to be an ongoing ongoing relationship with, with the work
0: right it doesn't just happen once and then yeah until all the clutter sets in and then you do it again right well and you know you also um in addition to all these other things that you've studied uh you know and and, and are certified and you're a life coach and an energy healer you know you're also very in, you're very intuitive and so my sense is that you are using feng shui as a way to enter in to um the energies that you're perceiving and the ways in which you are um you know what you actually are are uh, intuit- intuitively um getting information about is that right absolutely yeah I,
1: you know there's several things there it's like the same in the same way that a palm reader can look at someone's palm i can look at a floor plan and tell uh, about someone's life mm. or um That's cool. That's uh, very cool. <laughs> and then you know just you know i've been working with energy since 2006 and so the more you work with this unseen world the more familiar it gets and that's just inherently the intuition is gonna you know get stronger and stronger and stronger and being in someone's home with them and their home and the, the two two of you together <laughs> um mm-hmm. you
0: know it's hard, it's hard not to and get hit upside the head with the information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, this unseen world that you're talking about, you know, um, you know, when I'm really thinking about change and what is difficult for people, um, sometimes about change is the unseen nature of change or the, that part of change that can't be seen. I mean, there's the part that manifests, but there's also the part that, you know, lives underground or that we just don't, we don't see it until it shows up and you're working with both. You're working with both the manifestation, the structure of the house, and you're also working with the energies that create that. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about the relationship between seen and unseen energies or, uh, um, yeah, I love
1: that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I have a strong believer that you know external or manifested change it has to start in the unseen world first our thoughts um, are, create our reality and be in vibrational alignment for something before before it can come into physical form those are just laws of, of the planet we are on um, and so right in people's homes is we can make a change in the physical, so for example, removing uh, you know, removing the color from the financial, the wealth corner, on the seen world, and then, well, there will be changes taking place in your own unseen world in your psyche, which will then uh, manifest into a new job or whatever the case is. But I do think there's a it's all about vibrational alignment. So. The physical world, your physical world can um, shift your own alignment and your own alignment can shift your home. Uh, so it's all about getting vibrational alignment, whether it's regardless of what end that's happening on first. Um, so walking into, you know, a beautiful space with a perfectly perfect bogwa map, you're uh, or, or moving into that space. Your life is going to change. Uh and it has to adapt that vibration. Um, but for you to have been attracted to that space to begin with means that you on the unseen world came into alignment with that. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's real
1: tricky. It's it's really fascinating.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's just fascinating. Well, Tisha, our time is coming to a close here. I can't believe it. I could talk to you forever. I think, um, But before we do close, um, can you please tell the listeners how they can um, find out more about you, find your books, reach you directly? Can you tell us, please?
1: Yes. Uh, my website is earthhome.tv, and everything can be found there, or you can link to everything there. I do have an online certification course starting September 26th. Uh, it's a 12-week course the 12 class program to become certified and being a Feng Shui practitioner. And um, if you can't make this round, I'll have another one in January. And what else? My books, all my books are on Amazon and um, at some books, bookstores around the country as well. And what else? Earth TV. and have um, check me out on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Instagram, all
0: those links are on, my web, are on my website or home.tv. Great. Well, I thank you so much. It has been so wonderful and um, I hope that people will uh, take heart and start clearing their clutter and start changing their <laughs> lives and start moving things around um, and give you a call. <laughs>
1: thank you so much. It's been, it's been an honor to be here.
0: Okay, great. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about seeding change in the world. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to sharonweilauthor.com. You can also find out more about Changeability, the book, and about all of the guests featured in this podcast at that website. Large or small, go out today and make a brave change. Whether creating something new or responding to a changing world, Navigating change is the new stability.